I think right now it's just, especially here in the U.S., like just being on social media makes you so aware that it's like all the different things that are happening right now. It's just impossible to like not be aware <laughs> that even you know you, but you do find yourself like wanting to promote and like with your work with your client wants to maybe wear something that gives back or you know those、yeah. different things where it's more about that statement than、um, wearing. A hundred dollar T-shirt. Hello, and welcome to Basic, the podcast that is one part storytelling and one part problem solving. I'm your host Rebecca Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a special guest who has a unique story to tell about something that has inspired them to think new, change a behavior, or develop a new solution. This week, I'm joined by Cat Wright, a wardrobe stylist in LA and a fashion writer who has written for Racked LA, Huffington Post, E Online, and Hello Giggles. Welcome, Cat. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> so, full disclosure, we have to say we came from the same small hometown in Kentucky、yes. called Paducah. Paducah, <laughs> Paducah. So, our <laughs> southern accents are going to come out a little bit in this episode. <laughs> okay, let's start the show how we always start. Tell me a story. Well, as you know, I was—I have like a habit of kind of. Making some rash decisions after a lot of thinking, though. So I moved out to LA.、Um, I was in law school in Kentucky and just decided, you know what, this isn't really the path that I'm supposed to be on. And one day, I just kind of woke up and I was in LA the next morning. So something similar happened、uh, with my job out here. I had fallen into a job as a stylist、um, for a TV show, and it was a job I was really lucky to have. It wasn't necessarily though the path I always saw myself going on. And I had worked there for gosh, probably six or seven years, and it was I stayed there for as long as I did because it was such a great work environment. I was working every day with my friends. I loved my clients. But I always wanted a little bit more because、um, I kind of like reached the top as far as I could go there. It was the same thing. I was doing the same thing every day. I wanted new challenges.、Um, I would like live for like the red carpet moments, the、mm -hmm. award seasons that only came around once a year. Right. And were you getting the opportunity to participate in the way you wanted to in those red carpet events? Yeah. So the red carpet, I was actually I when I was. Working on the show had so many clients that were participating in the red carpet, so it was like I would have like I'd have to dress three people for the Oscars, which was like like a huge, huge feat, but also so much fun to me. I like I loved it. I lived for those stressful moments. The next day, you wake up and you you know you got the pictures. You you got the reward. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it was something I wanted. Something like that. I wanted it every day. And I would be able to take, you know, I take some side jobs, but it was still like this was my. I was a basically a nine to five stylist. So you had this job that you were really lucky to get, and you were getting to do some assignments that you were really happy with. So what kind of, what puts you in this moment where you said, "I think I'm ready for a change." So I think it was something that was building because, like I said, I was I was going into work every day. Occasionally, I would you know book. Like a fun music client, and I'd take the day off and do that job instead.、Um, but for the most part, this is what I was doing every day. And and like what you said, I was like blessed and lucky to have this job.、Um, but I just wanted more. And、mm -hmm. I think slowly, as I've been there a while, as as every job does, people would come and go, my clients would come and go, 
And I ended up working with um, a client who I worked with him for two years, but he, even though he's like the host of the show, he always wanted to be an actor. So kind of one day he came in and was like, you guys, I have two more weeks here and then I'm going to pursue my acting career. Oh, wow. So that was yeah. kind of an inspiration. Yeah. And him doing that kind of like, there was kind of like two things. There was a the whole thing was like, okay, this is like my major client here. I did have other people I worked with, but like, what does this mean for me at work? But also like, I think people think when you have this job that, like, that, that, that you're at the top, that you're not going to go anywhere else and seeing him leave what, what most people would consider an amazing career to do something he was really passionate about inspired mm-hmm. me to, to kind of think about that as well. Um, what were you more and more starting to think about as he was leaving and things were changing? So after he left, that's when I started to really be like, you know what, you know how freelancing is. It's like, you don't just, you're starting all over from scratch because I wasn't mm-hmm. taking any of my clients with me. So mm-hmm. I was working a little bit harder, talking to people I knew in the industry, letting them know, like, if you have any like outside projects that I can work on, open to taking them, just kind of starting to basically read my book. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whenever I did decide to leave, I wasn't just completely starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you were, you were setting some groundwork so that you could maybe start to branch out on your own. Right. Yes, yeah, exactly. Did you have the plan to start your own business? I had always, that's what I always wanted to do. You know, I always wanted okay. to have like a brand, you know, do some writing, styling. I have a blog that I work on some. I just kind of, I never wanted to like be pigeonholed into like one thing. Mm-hmm. I just wanted it to be in the fashion industry. So styling is my main like bread and butter, if you will. But mm-hmm. I also want, you know, I want to be looked at as a writer and all this different stuff. And um, so it was more of like a brand that I wanted to build. So in the end of 2017, you left your job at E Entertainment and you started out on your own. Is that the moment yeah. that you started Cat Right Style? So Cat Right Style, it's so funny how that even came. I That was like my Instagram handle um, mm-hmm. when Instagram started. And it was just like my name and just style at the end because I was a stylist. <laughs> And I know. And so whenever I, I had like this, like a little blog spot blog. I mean, this was probably, my God, like eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to have like a, like a more professional website. And I like tossed around like so many different, like trying to think of so many different, like clever names to call my blog. And then, Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't think of anything that I liked. And then one day my girlfriend, who's a um, jewelry designer, I was like having lunch with her and I was trying to throw things. She's like, just call it your, just call it your Instagram name. Just call it Catwright style. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that was just, that happened probably, um, this was before, way before I left E because I was, I was blogging a lot. And then Mm -hmm. I think it was probably eight months or so before I left my job that I rebranded my website and kind of tried to make it, um, a little more all inclusive of everything that I was doing. Okay. And it was can, called cat right style. Can you say what that means? Because I think when, yeah, myself included stylist, it's a little bit mm, ambiguous. What does a stylist do and what were you doing up over that? So yeah, I have to, I still think I have to tell my dad what I do whenever, um, <laughs> <laughs> he still is like, I'm sorry, what people need help. 
picking out <laughs> shoes. I'm like, yes, dad, you need help picking out shoes. But, <laughs> but um, no, so I mean, every job is a little bit different when I say like, oh, like a music video shoot or oh, a red carpet or oh, an, like an e-com job. But like the, the overall thing is like I help a client pick out what they're wearing. If it's an event, I go and like I pull from PR showrooms and I shop for them. We have a big fitting, pick what they mm-hmm. want, tailor it. I get them dressed for the event and we get photos and that's kind of just like the cliff notes version. But I imagine also you do quite a bit of research on their personal brand so that you're bringing things that have the look that reinforce the brand that they're presenting to the world also. Absolutely. And it's like, it's funny too, because some people don't know their style. Some people come to me because they just have no clue and they just want to look good on the red carpet. But then you have some people who have a very strong opinion about what they should be wearing and you're trying to, you know, mold that with, with what's available, you know, what, mm-hmm. what the season is, what the event is, what's going to be approved if you're, if you're dealing with the network and then also keeping them happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and more so, and more yeah. fashion is becoming not just like what their brand is, but also the political affiliations and what they want to say with what they're wearing and what they're promoting because everything is so connected right now and their social media. So what, yeah. what shirt they have on is kind of automatically a political statement about uh, anything from like where things are produced to what movement they're supporting at the moment. Yeah. It's, and it's too, it's like, you know, you used to, when I started and it was like before Instagram and all this stuff, when I was like an intern, it was like, you just wanted to have like the most like designer, expensive label, right. whatever. And now right. it's more of like, there are all these like up and coming brands that are quote unquote cool. Mm-hmm. And so people are more that people in the fashion industry that like want to like kind of be considered, um, like an influencer, they want to be wearing like what's new, what's cool, what people are talking about, but maybe not like what's like the biggest designer out there right now. And then mm-hmm. you do, you have, you have some people like, I just remember having, working with this band and there was like one guy that you wouldn't wear leather. You yeah. forget like <laughs> how many different shoes have leather in them and you're just trying oh, yeah. to like, yeah. So it's like, you're, you're taking all that in and it may be sometimes things, you know, like especially with like the green movement and mm-hmm. things that you're not even as familiar with and you're having to research and learn about too. Cause you yeah. don't want to want them to wear something that like they could offend than their followers. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that um, taking on that responsibility for your clients has made you a more uh, aware human being about kind of all of the issues that are out there in the world and what people care about and what is important at the moment? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think right now it's just, especially here in the U S like just being on social media makes you so aware that it's, it's like all the different things that are happening right now. It's just impossible to like not be aware Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, that even, you know, you, but you do find yourself like wanting to promote and like with your work with your client wants to maybe wear something that gives back or, you know, those different things where it's more about that statement than, um, wearing, a hundred dollar t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. It's less of a statement about money and more of a statement about yeah, yeah values. Right. Mm. Okay. So back to, uh, where your story, we, we took a little detour here, but, um, <laughs> your story was about your decision, that, that kind of moment that lets you leave a job that was very good and you were very grateful for and started on your own. 
Um, What did that allow you in the first couple of years, both in terms of um, the, the space that you got creatively, but also the kind of the risks and the fears that you had when you started to make those, those steps and be alone? Well, I think, um, the first year was obviously the hardest, um, because that's the year when, you know, it's, it's a slower start, even though I did have some connections and I was getting jobs, it was still a slow start. And you're, you're seeing like the clients that you worked with. I think everybody kind of thinks when they leave a job, like, oh, they're going to miss me so much. Right. Like, Mm-hmm. How are they going to do this without me? <laughs> the show must go on, but I'm not here anymore. Um, so I think like that was a little bit hard was like seeing that, like seeing, you know, your, your friends continue to go to work and you're not there anymore. And your clients, you know, on social media and what they're wearing and just kind of feeling a little bit left out. Um, yeah. but that gets, you know, you get over that and, um, and it was just starting to like build things. And then it was like every job you get, you're like, oh, okay, this is why I left. This is why I did this. Right. Um, but of course, during the downtown downtime, you're, um, you're, you're questioning, well, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. What do you think was the scariest part of, of being really on your own? Hands down, like not getting a paycheck every Friday. It was, I, it, I had to learn to like reprocess the way that I was spending the way that I was like planning, you know, trips and stuff. Because when I was there, I like, I was, I knew what I was getting paid every week. And so it was like not knowing, like I would go one, one week where I was like working every day as a freelancer to like not having a job the next week. And every job pays you a little bit different. And then they don't, you know, as, my industry, it's like works on like a net 30 a lot, which means you get paid a lot of times a month after you do the job. So it's just been like a lot of, um, kind of staying organized and on top of it and just, you know, not getting ahead of yourself. Is that also the hardest part of, of having your own business is kind of all of the administration that you don't really think about when you have a nine to five? Well, honestly, I'm realizing that I'm kind of a nerd and, um, I like, well, if you saw where, where I'm living right now, uh, it doesn't look very organized. You wouldn't believe this, but like, I kind of enjoy like doing the receipts and like the end of the job where like you're putting your numbers together and taping the receipts down and like filling, filling out an expense report, which most stylists hate that job, that part and like make assistants do it. I don't think the administration work bothers me that much. That's almost kind of like relaxing. Um, the hardest part is, is definitely keeping a sound mind that like, yes, I'm like working a lot this week, but like next week could be slow. So just like chill out and always, you almost always have to say yes to work because it's there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It Um, makes it very hard to, um, plan trips. Like I can't tell you how many (laughs) times like I'll plan something to like go home and see my parents. And then like three days before it's time for me to go home, I'll get a call about a job and I'm like, oh, I need to take this job. So then you cancel a trip that you've been looking forward to for a month. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that, I can see that's really hard. It's hard on your relationships. Yeah. And it's, it, it's also, it's kind of weird because like it's a negative, but it's also a positive because I can take that trip if I want to now. I don't have to ask for time off. I can just simply turn the job down. Right. right but it's right. like mentally, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about right now in the Corona times? Um, 
are you happy that you're on your own or would you have rather had a solid job? Um, the way I look at it is that like everybody in my industry is pretty much in the same position. Like had I never left that job, I would still be not working right now. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I would have had to have just picked a whole different career. And even then out here, it's, if it's in the fashion industry or entertainment industry, like so many people are furloughed. Um, so it's almost like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Four and a half months is a little extreme, but it's almost like as freelancers, we're like programmed to be prepared for this. Right. Yeah. Because you go through ups and downs normally. Exactly. But like I said, four months is a long time. (laughs) It's Um, It's a big down. Yeah. It's a big down, but it's like the first like month I was like, okay, you know, I was, I wasn't stressing about money because it was probably, even though we're on net 30, it was probably the first six to seven weeks. I was still getting paychecks from jobs that are yeah. done. Um, how much of your success do you think is luck or is uh, hard work? Um, I think that I wouldn't use the word luck. I don't think any of it's been luck. Um, I think that I've worked very hard, but I think also along the way I've met the right people. And if, if that's luck, maybe that's luck. But like, I think like I was thinking the other day about like a friend that I, that I have now. And I'm like, Oh, I met this person because I worked with them on this shoot. And I had that shoot because I met somebody on this one. And you just like go down a timeline and you're like, Oh, if I had never met this person, I wouldn't be doing this job. And they are, it's like six degrees. So it's just so much of what I like the jobs that I have, um, are word of mouth and referrals that it's like, you start to think and you're just like, how did I meet, get this job? And then it just goes down to like somebody that you met on set like three years ago. Yeah. And that you like became like close with. And, and I think a lot of that is just, instead of luck, it's just more about relationships and, yeah. and building those. I think that's probably the case for most industries and and just happy lifestyles is taking care yeah. of relationships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it, it, you do have to work hard because, you know, someone has to see that you're a hard worker to then tell their friend who's looking for a stylist to hire you. And, and that goes along. But, you know, I think it's just, it's just having an open mind. And like, like what they say, it's like, be nice to everyone you meet on set. Like, I think that I've gotten so much work from the PA that I met on set. Mm. Yeah. Never look up or down. Just, yeah, we're all people. Yeah, totally. And it, and, yeah. and it's just like, and some, you know, you never know. Cause next time that PA could be, you know, hiring you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really true. It's, a... like, it's like a cliche. It's like the, like the oldest cliche in the book, but it's like, it's so true in a, in a job where it's, it's based so much on networking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's true in, in my line also. It's all about yeah who you know and, and keeping a good relationship with them and, and coming to the table with an open mind to try to understand their point of view before you press your point of view on top of them. Totally. <laughs> you seem to have the right attitude to um, encourage success in the industry, which is, yeah, you're going to treat people well and you're going to see every situation, even if it's stressful, as, um, as a potential opportunity for something in the future. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a good place to wrap it up. Be nice to people and spay nice your to pets. People.
<laughs> is that your cause? <laughs> okay. Now we know. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kat Wright, for being here. Right, of course. Thank you for having me. It was really lovely to talk to you about um, both the fashion industry, but also how to start out on your own. And for other people who are maybe thinking about that, I think there were some really good lessons here. So that's the story this week. Thank you all for listening. You can find Kat Wright at catwrightstyle.com. And you have an Instagram handling, Kat Wright Style. Yep. yep. Yeah. If you have a story to share with me on Basac, please get in touch. My email is Rebecca at Basac.com. That's R-E-B-E-K-A-H at B-A-A-S-A-C.com. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And if you could, please give us a rating so that others can find us. You can find original stories and reflections on the Basac website at www.basac.com. Stay well, everybody, and thanks. Thanks.